Our podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you have not heard about Anchor, it is the easier way to make a podcast. It's free, and they give you great tools and resources. Download the free Anchor app on your phone, or go to anchor.fm to get started. A-N-C-H-O-R. That's Anchor. That's Anchor. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Hoops RS. This is probably going to be my favorite episode. Today, we are honoring Kobe Bryant. My dad is the biggest Kobe Bryant fan I know. I grew up hearing about Kobe Bryant since I was a baby. And last year, during this week, Kobe Bryant passed away in a tragic accident. <sighs> Today, we celebrate the life of Kobe Bryant, the basketball player and the life of Kobe Bryant, the person. So stay tuned for a very special episode of Hoops R Us. I have been waiting a while to do this episode with you, Dad. It's been six episodes, actually, that I've been doing this podcast, and this has been like a fun experience. And also, happy early birthday. I know Thank your birthday is you. at the end of the week. Thank you, buddy. And as your birthday present, I thought of getting you a gift. And I thought, hey, why not do a Kobe Bryant episode on my podcast since that was your icon, right? There you go. No, I appreciate it, buddy. I'm, I'm super, super proud of you for, um, for starting this podcast and, and following it through. Every week, you come up with some uh, creative content and... Uh, I'm just really proud of you, buddy. I'm really proud of um, of your initiative to do this, to establish this platform where you're able to talk about your favorite sport of basketball. And um, uh, I mean, again, just super, super proud of uh, what you're doing over here with Hoops R Us. So congratulations, buddy. Glad to be here and really excited about this episode. Yeah, thank you. And hey, guys, stay tuned for an awesome episode of Hoops R Us. So that here's how I want to do it. I want to like talk about each of Kobe's like important seasons. I want to talk about like the iconic moments of each season. And yeah, so let's get right into it. Perfect. Obviously, in 1996, Kobe Bryant gets drafted by the Hornets in the 13th pick. But then got traded to the Lakers for Vlad Divac. <laughs> what a that, that was such a steal. I mean, Vlad Divac was a good center. He was a good big man, but they just traded away one of the greatest players that will ever play. That, they must be like, oh my gosh, we ruined that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did not know, right or wrong. <laughs> it's true. High school players was, was, was a lottery pick. I mean, in, in all sense of the word. You never knew what you were going to get with a lottery player. You could have gotten the Kobe's, the Kevin Garnett's, or you could have had a guy that was, was going to be a bust and was never going to turn into a, an all-star. Yeah. Well, and then, obviously, he got traded to the Lakers, like I said, and he got eliminated by the Utah Jazz in the semifinals, where he did shoot two air balls from the three-point line. I mean, that's so. You know what's crazy? Um, I, I'll, I'll quickly tell you the story of how I even became a Kobe fan. So 
96, I got into sports. I was a huge Yankee fan. Um, this was Derek Jeter's rookie season. So as I was a Yankee fan, Derek Jeter was like the new guy. He was, he was a shortstop. He, he was a good, he was a good contact hitter. He was batting in the bottom of the lineup. And me, when I was a little baseball player playing with my cousins and my brother, I was usually batting in the bottom of the lineup. I wasn't hitting any home runs. So I, I related to what I saw in Derek Jeter. So he became my favorite player with, Kobe, I just like the fact that he was a flashy dunker. Like he was a really good dunker. Um, I, I think in that '97 season, he won the the um, slam dunk championship. Mm-hmm. So I was a Kobe fan. I was a Laker fan. And when he shot those air balls, I was like, hmm. I was like eight years old, and I shot a bunch of air balls too. <laughs> but he didn't care. He was eventually going to give you a nice dunk. He was, you know, not afraid to take a shot. And I thought that was really cool. So. I became a Kobe fan. So I had Kobe and Jeter. And I, I don't know that at the time I was, I was old enough or realized that they were potentially going to be really good players in their sports. I mean, that's just crazy. How the, do you just like Derek Jeter as a rookie, one of the best baseball players ever, and like Kobe Bryant as a rookie as well, when he was a rookie, as like one of the best NBA players ever? I mean... That's just crazy. I always that's why I always ask you, are you sure you like them in their rookie year? Like <laughs> that's just wow. Listen, I mean it's coincidence, but yeah, th- th- those were the guys that I that I loved on on my two favorite teams. And um yeah, I mean this too Kobe became really good really quickly as well. And so did Jeter. Jeter became the shortstop of the New York Yankees, so that's like the most popular position in baseball and then in basketball the most popular position is the two guard so that's probably what I was being fed through the tv anyway you know it was just looking at those two guys and and they just had a certain swag about them I mean Kobe and and Jeter just seem to always be focused always seem to kind of be those players that you want to look up to like they were just fun to watch and the way they carried themselves you know, I mean, again, as a kid, I, I saw them as idols. Those those guys were, like, the best. Yeah. In the next season, Kobe Bryant makes his first All-Star game, averaging 15.4 points per game. And how do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, listen, at the end of the day, he was, the, he was, like, 19 years old. He was one of the youngest ever to be named an All-Star. And he was already showing flashes of being a, of being a superstar. Um, I, I don't remember how he got in, how he became an all-star. I don't know if it was because somebody got injured, but it was his first all-star game. I remember he was, he, he was going at it with Jordan, I think, at, at, yep. in that all-star game, right? And J- Jordan was still punking him. Jordan was <laughs> like, let, let me show this young guy a couple things. <laughs> yeah. Because Co- Kobe was still not like ready, but he had some nice dunks. He had a, a nice alley-oop that he got. Um, he, he got a, a couple nice plays at all-star game and it was like, it was like, uh, he's coming. Like, that young kid is coming. I, I think I saw a couple of documentaries that, you know, the the, the East All-Stars were already saying, like, whoa, whoa, watch out for that kid. Like, he looks good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's funny how you get, oh, actually, and he holds, he still holds the record for being the youngest player to make um, an All-Star appearance. Oh, and, look at that. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny how... Kobe's like 
he was gonna go. He wasn't at the level yet, and I think he was a starter actually in that All Star game. And it's just crazy how you're just seeing two goats going off of each other. <laughs> yeah, well, one of them knew they were a goat already. The other one, well, yeah. nobody knew except him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kobe had that confidence that he knew from the beginning, I'm going to be the best. And that was his like, mentality, basically. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the draft. Remember, 12 people were picked ahead of Kobe. And, and that was a stacked draft. I mean, you know, you had... Allen Iverson, you mm-hmm. had Ray Allen, Marbury. you had Steve, Steve Nash was at the end of that draft. Oh, yeah. You know, so there was some some really good players, but uh, Nash got picked after him, but before him, a bunch of players got picked before him, and a bunch of them became All-Stars as well, but he ended up being the best, the best player in that class. Yeah, and it's crazy, but like I, like I said earlier, you just never, at those times, a high schooler, I mean... You know, you don't know if that guy's gonna be, uh, like a twenty-time all-star or something like that. You just like <laughs> never know. You don't even know that with your first pick. Imagine with a high schooler as your thirteenth pick. But, <laughs> but here we are. So we're three years in. We've got a promising future. A couple of air balls in the playoffs, so that didn't look good. But mm-hmm. wins his slam dunk contest, makes the all-star game the next year. So how's how's ninety-nine looking? I know we we didn't win no championship, but. How'd that year fan out for him? Well, in 99, I believe you guys had a lockout, so the NBA kind of started late. You think you could tell me more on that? Yeah, yeah. so so there was a lockout. There was a uh, a contracting issue between the players and the owners. And um, actually, you know what's interesting about that year? That was the start of another dynasty that would end up being rivals to the Lakers because the Spurs oh. won the championship in 99. And for like the next, it feels like the next 20 years after that, it was either the Spurs or the Lakers or the next 10 years after that. So they had a little guy by the name of Timothy Duncan (laughs) that (laughs) if you mentioned Kobe's era, Tim Duncan is right there. Like he was probably one of the best big men in the game. And as far as winning him and Kobe, they just, they just got rings. Uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head how many Duncan has, but I'm pretty sure Duncan probably has four to five rings himself. Yeah, and Duncan was at that level at that time. Like, in that decade, it was, don't get me wrong, in early, it was Shaq, really, and Kobe. But then when Shaq, like, was leaving and all that, it was just Kobe or Tim, Kobe or Tim. Yeah, well, there was a lot of challengers, too. So what was funny is, and what made me so, so proud to be a Kobe fan is, Every two, three years, there was this new guy. First, it was, oh, Allen Iverson is better than Kobe, and everybody's on the Allen Iverson bandwagon. And no, Kobe was better. Mm -hmm. Then it was, oh, this guy, Tracy McGrady, he's better. He's a better scorer. He's better than Kobe. Nope, Kobe was better. You know, there there was always somebody, Vince Carter, Mm -hmm. and like I said, McGrady, and AI. There was a lot of popular guys, but at the end of the day, the Black Mamba was the Black Mamba. And he had a more consistent career. He had the stats. He had the wins. He had the rings. He he was the full package, man. Yeah, and well, that's Kobe Bryant, right? He's a black mama. There you go. He's a beast, and yeah. And the next season, you're gonna be excited about this one. Next season, obviously, Kobe makes another All Star, but 
This time, Kobe wins his first NBA championship against Reggie Miller and his Pacers. That was that was so fun. That was the best because um, this is where Kobe gets his first taste of being a winner, kind of being on top of the mountain. Um, th- there's a bit of a storyline that's happening underneath where, yeah, Kobe gets his ring and, wow, he's a champion, but there's this other guy named Shaquille O'Neal that's the finals MVP and, and Kobe's like the Robin right now. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know that he was ever okay with that, but it was easier to accept for the first championship. But as we start getting down the line, we'll see how that story develops. I mean, yeah, you're right. And it was, it took years for Kobe to become like the Batman of the Lakers. Cause Shaq is Shaq. <laughs> I mean, the guy used to break backboards. The guys, like, appeared in, like, multiple All-Stars. The guy is Shaq. That's Superman right there. (laughs) Yeah, listen, Shaq was the most dominating player in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So, as far as a dominant force, it was Shaq. Like, he was just a beast. But it didn't take that long. It didn't take that long for Kobe to realize that he was good enough to be the Batman. And that's where the the feud between him and Shaq started to develop. So as you kind of get into that 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 third championship and kind of into those years where they didn't do so well, that's where you start to notice the the bickering between Kobe and Shaq and the fighting and the arguing. And Kobe's biggest complaint was, you're so great, but you don't put in the work in practice. You don't get in shape. You're overweight. And you just want to kind of show up and you want to party all the time and all this stuff. So Kobe, I think, despised that from Shaq because Shaq has so much talent, yet he was he was not, you know, taking full advantage of it. And Kobe wanted to win 20 rings, you know, if it was up to him. But, you know, that on top of the fact that I think Kobe's ego didn't want him to be the Robin anymore. So, you know, as you fast forward to, say, 2002 – Obviously, another all-star. We got ourselves another ring. We had some crazy battles with, like, the Sacramento Kings. Mm -hmm. Oh, we we had that shot, big shot Bob against the Kings. I don't know if that was 0-2, but I remember in those years, those Sacramento Kings were, like, the biggest rival of the Lakers. And, of course, the Spurs. Yeah. But in those years, we had a lot of battle with those Sacramento Kings. And Shaq and Kobe were a one-two punch. By the time they got to their second championship, it was like a one-two machine. And, you know, they were just dominating the league. Yeah. And I want to talk about that year 2000. So, speaking of fights, I think you guys were playing like the Knicks at the time, right? Oh, you're going to do this? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where did you even find this? This is not in those stats. Well, I found it in <laughs> searching up YouTube, Kobe Bryant fight. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I I believe that. My own son. Chris the ones that are close Child. to you. <laughs> it was what? Chris Childs? I think his name was. On it. Yeah. Chris Childs, who threw. They were, I guess, they had a rivalry, right? And... It wasn't no rivalry. It was a fight. <laughs> was, okay, a rivalry is okay. when somebody's good enough to have a rivalry with you. But yeah, it is what it is. Chris Childs gave Kobe a one-two. One, two. Kobe, Kobe one, didn't two. know what was coming. <laughs> and by the time Kobe realized, oh, we're not arguing. We're like really fighting. It was like, dude, it's over. <laughs> like Kobe was ready to fight. And it was the fight was over already. It was like, you already got a two-piece. 
Would you like some fries with that? <laughs> oh <laughs> I can't believe God. you brought that up. I thought we were going to talk about highlights and stats. <laughs> nah. I mean, that's a highlight right there, man. I mean, Chris Childs and, oh my gosh. And usually right. Kobe is right. aggressive. What happened there? Huh? All right. All right. So what happened there is we got another ring. Okay. So how about that? Okay. Another championship. What happened the following year? And the following year, 2001, that's when you guys won your second against AI, the MVP that season. There we go. Big bat- Good battle against AI, but there, there was no match. The Lakers were too much. I mean, in game one, he dropped like 40 on you guys. <laughs> yeah, but at this point, so this is where Kobe starts to realize that he's good enough to be that, um, to be that Batman. I think by the second championship, I don't, rem- I don't know what the stats were. But Kobe was no longer some guy getting like 15, 20 anymore. He was like up there in stats and he was taking over late in games as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, he always had that mentality as a rookie. So maybe this was an opportunity that year. I think that was an opportunity for him to actually become the Batman. Because I tell you this much, I bet he worked twice as hard there as Shaq. Because Shaq was over there in clubs. Rapping, well, Kobe rapped, but like Shaq was rapping at clubs. It was like, uh, that's the James that's the James Harden right there, partying, you know, going with celebrities. I mean, yeah, yeah, but you know what? It was still it was still Shaq's team. It is what it is. It was still Shaq's team, and Shaq was still Finals MVP mm-hmm. over and over for all three of those championships. So. So, yeah, let, let, let's, let's go. So, what was the following year? following year was for the three-peat, right? Yep, following year, 2002, when you guys beat um, the Jason Kidd and the Nets. Yep, so that was the – it's crazy because when they won that third championship, so, you know, it, it, it's – so back to my – to the coincidence, right? So, I was a Lakers fan, and here goes my team winning three championships in a row. I was a Yankee fan. And around the same time, the Yankees won it in 96, lost in 97, but then they won it in 98, 99, and 2000. Mm-hmm. So both of my teams were winning championships back-to-back. I'm like, this is the best. I'm just going to root for these teams, and I'm going to win a championship every year. And I bet the Lakers thought with this Kobe and Shaq combination, we're going to win like 10 rings. I bet that's what everybody thought, but... That was the that was the end of that run right there. That was the last championship. Mm-hmm. And you guys had Phil Jackson, one of the best yeah, coaches well, Phil, in NBA yeah. history. Yeah, we got Phil Jackson right after his last championship with the Bulls. Mm-hmm. So you know we got him that lockout year. I don't think there was enough time to build that chemistry, but then we went on another three peat with, with Phil Jackson. He was the difference. I think Phil Jackson just knew how to handle superstars. Um, I hate the fact that we had that gap. When, when Shaq left, I know we're going to get to that, but when when Shaq left and when Phil Jackson left, it was a train wreck. It was a disaster, and, and it took Phil Jackson coming back to kind of get back to those glory days. Yeah, and the guy has, like, what, 11 coach rings? Jesus. Yeah, he's – listen, Phil Jackson is the best coach ever. Yeah. Anyways, in the next season, and I really want to get into this one, the next season, this is where Kobe comes up with the nickname, as we all know, the Black Mamba. Oof, the Black Mamba was born. Yep. Um, the, so the Black Mamba, first of all, 
you know, it, it was a dominating snake, right? So it was a dominating uh, alter ego mm-hmm. that Kobe developed, but it came from a place of anger, frustration, embarrassment. He went through a, a really bad situation in early in that 03 season, and there was so much negative press about him. I mean, he was being embarrassed all over the media. People kept asking questions. They were all over his personal life. And so as the story tells it, he kind of created that Black Mamba to basically zone everybody out. Like he was just focused on playing basketball and just Mm. dominating. He would dominate whoever was up against him that night. And it's as if he was in playoff mode like the entire season as soon as he created the Black Mamba. So he, he was just on a different level of focus. But either way, I mean, we ended up losing in, in the championship. But still, that's when he really saw, I can be the best player on this franchise and I can take this franchise to the next level. Yeah, and he averaged 30 points. Well, that 0-2 and 0-3, I think you guys lost to the Spurs, actually, in the semifinals. You guys swept you guys. I'm <laughs> telling you. It, it was either the Spurs or the Lakers, but that must have been really frustrating to, to lose against the um, – against the Spurs that year. That must have really been frustrating. And then they made so many changes with the Lakers the following year. Um, I mean, go ahead. Let's get into, what is it, 04 mm-hmm. the following year? Yeah, Kobe um, uh, averages 24 points, but you guys lose to the Pistons. And you guys have Karl Malone and um, Gary Payton. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was our version of a super team. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but... Yeah, that was a tough year because we there was no team chemistry. There was just not enough good chemistry, but still, it was considered a, a, a choke job, you know? It was still a really bad finals loss. We, we ran into this team that had insane defense, like one through five. They all played good defense. They had good leaders. They had great role players. I mean, it was it was just walking into the perfect storm and we weren't clicking, and Gary Payton and Carmelone looked older than ever. And the only game we won was on a buzzer beater by Kobe Bryant. I think we only won, like, one game yeah. in that series. But it, it was so frustrating, and you could almost sense it. It was like, oh, this is this is not going to end well. This is the end of it. Everybody knew it. And then that's exactly what happened at the end of that season. Mm-hmm. And the next season, mm, Shaq leaves Kobe Bryant. That was heartbreaking. I mean, although as a Kobe fan, if you told me pick Kobe or Shaq, you know I'm going to pick Kobe. And that was a tough decision for the Lakers, but it was one of the most, as a Lakers fan, it was very disappointing because you we wanted to keep competing for championships. It's like, listen, you can't win them all. Let's just regroup and do it again. But those guys hated each other so much at that time. Mm-hmm. It was over. It was over, and it was one of the best duos that should have won five more championships together. And because their egos wouldn't let them, you know, it's it sucks because it's one of those things where I wish Kobe would have kind of taken the high road a little bit, even though he was in the prime of his career, because Shaq was on his way out already, you know? I mean, yeah. obviously, two years later, he won, he won his own ring with the Heat, but he was already the Robin to Dwayne Wade. So that could have easily been Kobe, but I think he was willing to be the Robin to Dwayne Wade because 
he kind of wanted to prove a point and he knew he wasn't the same Shaq anymore. But I think if he would have stayed in the Lakers, he would have never, just in spite of Kobe Bryant, he probably would have never let Kobe become the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> just just because of how much they hated each other. Mm-hmm. And I bet it was devastating like in the beginning because it was either one of them was going to go because I, rem- I know that Kobe Bryant actually demanded a trade to the Bulls and it was like, one of us is going to go Kobe or Shaq. And I, I think he was a, I actually think he was a free agent. I think he, I think Kobe was a free agent that year and he was really close to signing with the Bulls. And it was crazy because as a Lakers fan, I was like, Oh man, please don't leave the team because then, you know, am I going to still root for the Lakers? Am I rooting for Kobe? But from what I heard, he was really close to joining the Bulls, which would have been so crazy. Like, come on, man. You're going to go to the team of the person that you idolize? Exactly. Like, you know, b- build your own thing. But I, I, I think the Lakers knew. They were like, listen, we got to stick to this Kobe guy. He is the real deal. And he's he's destined for greatness. And the, the, the Lakers took a gamble. They gave up on Shaq, who still had another couple seasons under his belt where he can still lead him to, to, the, to a championship. But they said, you know what, we got to look at our future. And and they they picked right, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though Shaq ended up winning another chip, they made the right decision. Yeah. And, well, Kobe did win one more than him. Just giving out a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet it stung Kobe when Shaq won that ring. I bet when, when Kobe was in his living room, he wasn't saying, yeah, congratulations, Shaq. I bet he was hating mm-hmm. because... Shaq just showed I could win without Kobe. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, balls on your court. Now what? <laughs> I mean, the next season, Kobe still had the breakout year. Kobe makes 81 points against the Raptors, averaging 35.4. Listen, that was Kobe's breakout season. So when Shaq leaves and Kobe's entering his prime, Kobe was flat out dominating the league, dominating. Like, nobody could touch Kobe. Everybody knew Kobe was the best player in basketball at that time. And whoever says no is a hater. Like, Kobe was dominating the NBA. He just couldn't win. He didn't have a team that could take him deep into the playoffs. So he still had to learn how to create his own team because he came from a place where he had Shaq, he had Derek Fisher, he had all these great role players around him, and he had Shaq. You know, so now you, here you go. You're Batman. Here's the keys to the car. And Kobe was dominating, but nobody else was at his level. And he didn't know how to make other players better. But that 81-point game, man, Sander, this thing, that, that was one of the funnest games I had ever seen. So I was in high school at this time. And I would record the games that they would give, like, Laker games on NBA TV. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would, like, record them on, on VCR. <laughs> so, um when that game happened, I, I was, I was, I had spoiler alert. I heard about it on sports center yeah. and everybody was going crazy. I didn't care. I went to see that mm-hmm. game and it was just, you know, it's crazy because like a game before two games before he scored like 60 points on the Mavericks in three quarters. So he probably could have had more points that game, but this game against the Raptors, we were losing. We were actually losing late in the third quarter. I think even in the fourth, we were still down. And Kobe single-handedly made, like, every shot he took. It was like watching a video game. He was making everything. There was, like, five people guarding him, and he didn't care. 
he wasn't passing that ball to nobody. I bet he had like zero assist in the entire fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he went off and that game didn't even go to overtime. So he scored a straight up 81 points in a four quarter game. It was, it was beautiful to watch. Just crazy. He should have been MVP that year. I think it was robbery that they gave it to Steve mm-hmm. Nash. Well, speaking of Steve Nash, you guys choked a 3-1 lead against the Suns. And you and you guys were the seventh seed. So if you guys had been the Suns, that would have been like the one a great upset. That was what year was that? That that we uh, was that mm-hmm. the same year of the 81 mm-hmm. points? Wow. I mean, I, listen, to get into those Suns rivalries, there was this guy named Raja Bell. He was the one that was in charge of guarding Kobe Bryant. It was, I mean, he body slammed Kobe in one of these games because <laughs> he was so frustrated. They were always going at it. And, oh, I hated the Suns. I hated D'Antoni. That's when three ball, um, the fast play started, mm-hmm. that whole era. And they would make so many points so quick, a bunch of three-pointers. And, and Steve Nash was always in the middle of delivering that dagger or making the right play. Like, he was... Oh, my God. Nobody could stop Steve Nash. When he was in the Suns, he was just a killer. So, listen, the better team won. You know, the better team won. But the fact that we even made it to the playoffs and we were the seventh seed and it was Kobe pretty much by himself, I still think he should have won MVP. He was averaging like 34 points a game. And they still didn't give him the MVP. Like, that was... But then again, that's what happened with with the creation of the Black Mamba. Kobe didn't have many friends in the media. Kobe was not a nice guy. So that the MVP vote is made by sports writers and media, and those guys didn't like Kobe Bryant. So it's it's one of those awards where yeah, it's fun to be the MVP, and Kobe only won one time. But think about it. I mean, how could somebody like Michael Jordan not win it every single year that he ever played? Yeah. How could somebody like a Kobe not win it like 10 times? A guy like Shaq, a guy like LeBron. LeBron should have like 10 MVPs. True. I mean, let's face it. We're over here still saying that LeBron's the best player and he's like 40, you know? So it's one of those things where you, you got to be loved by the media and it's like, whatever. I, I think Kobe should have won way more MVPs. Yeah. I mean, so many robberies for Michael. The robberies were always his... Ill- It'll make him, like, it'll dedicate him because funny part is the robberies that he will get from MVP, he will face him in, like, the finals, basically. So, like, <laughs> for Charles Barkley robbed an MVP, faced him in the finals, beat him. Carl uh, Malone... Beat him yeah. bad, too. Carl <laughs> Malone robbed an MVP from him. And, yep, he won that, like, twice in a row, though. <laughs> That's what that's what separates the goats from the really good players, you know. Goat talk is goat talk, and Kobe was up there. Kobe was up there with you know MVPs are cute and all, but I'm focused on championships. You guys could have MVPs. Yeah, and that's why I think it was harder on Kobe, because with Michael, he always had Pippen like basically his whole career. And the Wizards, he was old already, so even if he was like in his prime, it would be hard to carry that team. But he did not carry that team. So yeah, no. Kobe had it more harder than no. him, I think. Yeah, Kobe. But the problem is that Kobe was the Pippen to Shaq, you know, and Kobe didn't like that. So he had to take his lumps. He had to take his 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 moments of having a couple of losing seasons. And then he became Batman. And that's the, the introduction of Pau Gasol. So 
let's fast forward to um 08 mm -hmm. right that was when we were back to, to to the significant stuff did we miss anything before uh, that not really <laughs> all right so here we are in 08 so what do you what do you got for 08, 08? <laughs> we obviously have kobe wins his first mvp lakers get paul gasol um, Kobe averaged like 28.3 points per game and they lost to the Celtics in the NBA Finals. Listen, first of all, um, the MVP was awesome because it was like a long time coming. Kobe should have been at those MVPs, especially as soon as Shaq left, but it is what it mm -hmm. is. Um, but the MVP was really cool. It was a nice little feather on, on, on the hat. At least he got one of those. But the addition of Pau Gasol, I mean, these guys were running plays in Spanish. They had such good chemistry. To this day, and I know we're going to talk about this later on, but Pau Gasol is a great friend of Kobe Bryant. They, they made such a great connection, and that tag team was, was awesome. Him and Pau Gasol was a really, really good duo, and that was a good year. We, I would, I, we weren't even expected to make it to the finals that year. Because, I mean, we had just, you know, started clicking. It was the first year, full season with Paul Gasol. And to be up there with the Celtics, and the Celtics were no bums. It was the mm -hmm. big three of the Celtics. So you had Garnett, Allen. Pierce. You had Ray Rondo, Allen. don't forget him. Like that, that we were not going to beat that team. Not yet. We were not ready. I think the next year we were, but they didn't make it. <laughs> but we were not ready for that team. That team had to win at least one. And they did. And they beat us, and they beat us bad. It, it was bad, but you know what? It made Kobe hunger. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of the next season, Kobe finally gets – well, he makes an All-Star again. Kobe has been making so many All-Stars. This is his 11th All-Star appearance right here. That's just crazy. And you guys win another ring. Kobe gets his fourth ring against the White Howard Orlando Magic. It was, it was so good. Um, 2009 was like the best year ever for me personally. So 2009, the New York Yankees win their championship, the first one since the year 2000. So that was special. Nine years later, the Yankees win a championship. We were going crazy. It was against mm -hmm. the Philadelphia Phillies. And then 2009, the Lakers finally, Kobe, my favorite player, gets his first ring without Shaq. And he's the man, and he's the finals MVP. And I was just, like, on top of the world. But my best accomplishment in 2009, on <laughs> August the 14th, the host of this podcast was born. So that was the, the, the cherry on top of a, of a, of a great, great year. Um, that was probably one of my favorite years because everything in sports came together. Everything in life came together, and and you were my my first child. So that really that really brought it home. I I think I became a man <laughs> that year, <laughs> and and there there you came, you know. So so you were part of that that awesome year of two thousand and nine, and um that was like I said that was one of the best years. I think ever. it's obvious the best moment was when this host of the podcast was born. Come on, come on. <laughs> of course it doesn't even compare yeah in the next season we have kobe making his 12 oh my gosh i'm not even like okay guys it's, that's it he's just making an all-star every year it's that simple um and kobe gets his revenge on the celtics beating them 
in the finals. That was big. That championship was huge, man. It was game seven. I was sweating bullets. Um, Kobe was, you know, it was a tough matchup. The big three were healthy, so they were good to go. We had our, our own kind of big three. We had Powell. We had Ron Artest. You know, we, we, we had a good team, but the Celtics were so good. And right when we thought we could put them away, they just kept fighting back. I think we won that game by like three or four mm-hmm. points. So I still remember this possession. Kobe's dribbling down. He's taking the ball down. Um, it's like uh, under a minute left. So it's already like the seconds are already ticking down the shot, the, um, the game clock. And I'm like, oh, my God, Kobe, if you don't make this shot, man, we are in trouble, dude. We are in really, really bad trouble. So he's taking it down. The entire Celtics team, you can tell they're just looking at Kobe because they're ready to all let their men go and focus on Kobe with whatever move he makes. And Kobe pulls off one of the most MVP moves in the history of the Lakers. He makes that dribble move as if he's going to go in. And the man off of Ron Artest cheats a little bit. He takes like one step to the right and boom, Kobe makes a perfect pass right across, hits Ron Artest, Ron Artest with no hesitation, throws it up, boom, three-pointer. That was the basket of the game off an assist from Kobe. And that was the winner. I think like Kobe shot like two more free throws to end it, but that was it. That was it, and that was one of the most satisfying championships as a fan that I've ever experienced. I mean, game yeah. seven against the historic rival Celtics, that was the best moment I've ever had in sports as a fan. And my guy, Kobe, was right in the middle of it, getting his next finals MVP. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you guys got your revenge, right? I mean, you guys deserved that championship, <laughs> and... Kobe was Kobe, so when you're, like, Kobe is just Kobe, guys. Anyways, <laughs> after this season, I think we should, I think we should actually skim a few seasons, because in these next couple of two seasons, not many happened, but this is, like, when, this is the 2010 decade now, and Kobe kind of, like, his body starts to give up on him, I think, and, yeah. I want to yeah. send to the 2012-13 when Kobe Bryant torns his Achilles. Yeah, so I remember we had we got Dwight Howard, and that was going to be like Kobe's last run because at this point, you know, LeBron and, and those boys, they were taking over. Like, he, like the, the NBA, he was handing the NBA off to LeBron and, and this next takeover. But I remember that game. It was against the Warriors. We had Dwight Howard, and Dwight Howard was the <laughs> worst Laker acquisition ever. I mean, oh, my God. He came in with that crybaby mentality, and he didn't like when Kobe yelled at him, and he wasn't ready to be no no Robin to Kobe. So it was just like a Kobe and Shaq deja vu. You know, like, like <laughs> Dwight Howard was like, dude, I was the man in the finals, and I went up against you. So why am I here taking crap from you? Like if I'm some role player, but But, I mean, no comment. So Kobe was still carrying the team with Dwight Howard on the team. He was going off to just get us in the playoffs. So Kobe was having like a crazy stretch of games. He was still dunking. He was still doing what he had to do. And against the Warriors, he tore his Achilles, still came back to make the free throws 
when wow. he tore his Achilles and then he walked off and it was like, dude, you have a torn Achilles. Like, how did you even get up? Never mind. Go make the free throws. <laughs> it was just crazy. Kobe was just built differently. He had so many injuries in his career, but that was the nail in the coffin. That's the one that ended the Kobe Bryant that we yeah, all remember. I mean, it's devastating as well because that's the Black Mamba right there. And once that, that those type of injuries, like Achilles, I think the only player so far that I've seen like recover and be stronger and kind of be better is Kevin Durant. And he's pretty young. So when you're like old at that time, since Kobe was like, I want to say like 36, I want to say here, or like 35. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably in his, in his mid 30s yeah. at least. Because he retired at 38. what, 38 or 36? He retired at 38. 38. So that wasn't, yeah, so he was like 36. Yeah, when that happened. and it was sort of a breakdown and sort of giving Kobe a sign like, bro, I can't, I can't like his body's just talking to him, like, I can't do this no more. Just, we could play more seasons. But, like, three more seasons, and I'm out. Basically. And that's exactly how it went down. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, then we, we, we fast forward Last to season. the um, to his final season. Yeah, I mean, so super accomplished career. How many All-Stars did uh, he make? <laughs> let me see here. So, he made my, um, the 98 one. That's one. And then he basically made 2000 through 2016. So, he made... 18 All-Stars appearance. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 18 All-Stars, a couple of gold medals. He won two gold medals, 2008, mm-hmm. 2012. Um, he got yep. his MVP. He, he won a couple of scoring got titles set, as well. He got um, two and finals MVPs. Two finals MVPs and five he Got one rings. more than Shaq. <laughs> Listen, that, that's an accomplished career in my book. Um, that last game though, that was a really fun game. He played the Utah Jazz. I mm-hmm. saw the entire game, and I remember just just feeling like, "Wow, man, it's really over." Um, it, it was it was hard. It was tough because um, not too long before, um, Derek Jeter had also walked yeah. away from the game. He had a I great final game as year. well. I think it was so the he next a- season, the season after Kobe um thing, um, torn his Achilles. I think that's when Jeter walked out as well. Yep, yep. So Jeter was was the man. He hit a walk-off hit on his final game. And then Kobe Bryant scored, Mm -hmm. what was it, 60 points? (laughs) 60 points at 38 years old against the Utah Jazz. I mean, come on. That was like a a storybook ending. Yeah. And you know what? That was Kobe. He dropped 60 on his final game at 38 years old. So... They were just feeding him the ball. He caught some fire, and he ended up winning the game with some crazy shots. And that was Kobe. That was the end of one of the best ever NBA careers for one of the greatest players of all time. I was very fortunate as a fan, very fortunate as a fan to to have that for 20 years of my life. Kobe inspired a lot of kids. He inspired a lot of his fans. He even inspired like players as an icon, as a legend, and like yeah. Anyways, after this commercial, we're going to be talking about Kobe Bryant, the author, Kobe Bryant, the father, and basically Kobe Bryant, the regular person after he retired, basically. All right, well, good stuff, buddy. Looking forward to it. All right.